Well, it's good to see you here this morning. We're still shy, quite a few people. I've talked to several this week that's under the weather, and uh, most of it is allergies and sinus conditions and all this kind of stuff. So uh, just keep the church in prayer. I know I talked with Martha Brown, and she's been having a lot of problems. Uh, they sent her the wrong medicine from the pharmacy, and... Uh, Kind of got her down. But she is doing better. Uh, she called the pharmacist. They said, don't take that anymore. You know, well, thanks, you know. Uh, but uh, so I'm going to check with her again after a little while, making sure that she is okay. I'm sure her and JB are doing good. And I've checked, like I said, with Betty Luna. And I, I keep in touch with quite a few of the people. And... Uh, but we still got a number of people out. Some have got underlying problems and they don't want to get out with all this stuff going on. And I, you know, I can't say I blame them, but you know, everything is going to get back to normal. God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of things. And uh, as I was sitting home this week. I, I, I know something just hit me. And uh, I was sitting there. I got up fairly early and I always do my Bible study and my Bible reading early in the mornings when I get up. I keep a Bible in there by my recliner and everything. I go in there, sit down, turn on the light, read, study. And uh, so after I got through studying, I did something really stupid. I turned the TV on, and there was the news. Did y'all realize, have you ever just really listened, how the news is so negative to what God says? I got thinking about that. Everything on the news was negative the Word of God says. And uh, no wonder that we got so many people out there that's got fear. They've got problems. Uh, they're looking at what the news says instead of what God says. I got to where I'm just about ready. You know, have you ever had that inclining just to throw something through the TV screen? Well, it, it almost got to that point that morning. Because everything was negative. There was nothing positive. And I just thought to myself, no wonder that people are in the condition they're in. So much of this stuff, it depends on... Linda and I got to where we listen to the Christian news station. They report totally and completely different than what the secular news does. What they report, you don't hear. Because the secular news will not report it. They won't tell you. And people seem to stay depressed. They seem to get in that condition. Well, if it isn't going to get any better, what is the use of me even caring? Why should I care? And I think that's the problem with a lot of us. 
We say, why should I care? If you don't care, then who is? We are a Christian. I don't care what they say. I still believe America is a Christian nation. We've had our presidents even say that this nation is not a Christian anymore. I'm ashamed of it. And the ones that were saying it were so far from being a Christian, they don't even know what Christian is. But right now, this world seems like it's just, it, it just stays in fear. So many people have fallen into fear because they have chosen to listen to and believe what the world says over what God's Word says. We look at God's Word. Just do this one morning. Listen to the secular news. Open up your Bible. Compare what God's Word says to what they're reporting. It's totally different. It's totally different. And uh, when we believe what the world says over what the promises of God says, it's easy to fall into fear and to fall into doubt. Matter of fact, I don't even know why. The title of my message this morning is Resisting Fear. But it's resisting the fear of the enemy. Yeah, who buys fear? The enemy. The enemy brings fear into us. You know, uh, like I said a while ago, the world is so negative compared to God's Word. You know, God's Word says that we are what? To walk by faith and not by sight. Or not by what you're hearing. You know, that walk. says we're to walk. There's another word that you can put in there for walk. Live. We are to live by faith and not by fear. But we're to live by what God's Word says. You know, and so many times I've heard that. It says that, that we as Christians are to live or, to, or to, to walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we're to walk in the Word of God not to the things that we see going on in this world. We serve an almighty and powerful God. That there is nothing impossible for God. God can do all things, like the Bible says, for nothing is impossible for God. I don't care what you come up with. It's not impossible for God. You know, sometimes, and I've read this and I agree with it, Sometimes I think God says, you know, you ask far too little of me. Don't you believe that I can do what you need done? But, oh, well, I don't want to ask the Lord too much. I don't want to, you know, to think that I'm real needy. I don't know about you, but I'm needy. I need the presence of God in my life. I need God working in my life. I need God speaking to me. I need God directing me. I need God telling me what to do. You know, if I was to do all that on my very own, boy, I would be in a mess. But I do my best to listen to what God says. But do you hear His voice audibly? You know, sometimes I think I do. But then I know what I feel. I know what comes into my spirit. I know what gets me all excited. 
and I get to praying, and all of a sudden, man, I get started getting because it's like God saying, hey, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Listen to that still, small voice that speaks to you on your inside. Listen to the still, small voice. Many of us think that God's going to scream out, hey, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do, now you listen up. No, it's sometimes it's so small that you really have to listen. And that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to pay attention to what He's saying. Get close. You know, sometimes you've got to get up there and you've got to get your arms wrapped around God's neck and get up there and lean in right against Him to hear what He says. That's what God wants. God wants that intimate fellowship and time with us. He wants that private, personal time. Oh, it's good to come into church in a corporate fashion, worship Him, sing songs to Him, preacher get up here and preach. But you know, I cannot preach everything that you need to hear. I wish I could. But God knows what you need. And that's the time that you need to come into a real intimate relationship with God. That's that time you need to just draw God in so close that you hear everything that He's got for you. God's got a lot to say to us. And we get so busy in this world with all the stuff going on that sometimes we don't make time for God. Have you ever just had that feeling that did I hear God say to me to slow down, to sit down? He wanted to talk to me. He had something He wanted to say to me. There's people in here right now, you're going through stuff. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, God says, if you'll give me just a few minutes, just a few minutes, get close to me, I'm going to tell you what to do. But we're not tuning in to God. We're not listening to God. We're listening to the voices of this world. We're listening to the voices all around us. But we're not listening to God. God has some things that He wants to tell us. Bill, are you sure about that? Yes, I am. I am very sure that God's got something that He wants to tell each person in here. Each one of you are going through your own personal struggle right now. I know some of the struggles. And you know, there's not a thing I can do about it. But God can. I can pray for you. I can talk with you. I can try to encourage you. I can encourage you to go to God. To pray. To seek His face. He said... Seek my face, and when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. How many search for God with all your heart? What is all your heart? All your mind, soul, strength. That's what you're searching for God with. Everything on the inside of you should be a desire to bring God into your life, to talk with Him so that He will talk back to you. You know, there's one time I honestly... I really feel that God spoke audibly. I can't, I can't, I don't know for sure, but it was so 
clear. Years ago, I'll be honest with you, years ago I smoked cigarettes. I wanted to quit. I'd become a Christian. And the thought that went through my mind was, you know, when I accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of me. I don't think He's enjoying all that smoke coming in there. So I made up my mind. I said, Lord, I want to quit. I want to quit smoking. So I was driving down the road, and my prayer, very simple, Lord, deliver me from these cigarettes. Amen, thank you. But I was sincere. I meant it. Nothing happened immediately. About a few days later, I was driving down the road. And I admit, I didn't think God had heard me. I just got through smoking a cigarette. I put it out and I said, now all of a sudden, I know I had to turn white. There was a voice I heard. I don't know if it was down deep in my spirit, whether it was audible, I don't know. But the word I heard was, don't smoke anymore. That was it. That was it. That, that, that was it. I turned and I looked over in the passenger seat. Who is that? This, I mean, it was so real. That's the way God speaks. And then when I got to where I was going, I walked past this dumpster. I reached in my pocket. I took cigarettes, lighter, and everything, and threw them in that dumpster. From that point on, I never had withdrawals. I never wanted a cigarette. Didn't think about cigarettes. I was totally and completely delivered. I've heard people say how hard it is to give up cigarettes. Hey, I know it is. I gave them up I don't know how many times. It's hard. But God can do it. He totally, completely took away the desire. You know, I got up that morning. Well, that night, before I went to bed, Linda usually come over there to where my chair is and she'd empty the ashtray. Well, she come over there, she looks at, there's no cigarettes in here. I, I told her what happened. That's been, oh, probably close to 20 years ago. I have never, ever had the desire or have I touched a cigarette. No withdrawals. No, it's just like I had never smoked. Even the doctors, when they checked my lungs, you don't smoke, do you? That's why I said, no, I don't. You know. But that is the way God works. He wants to work in His people's lives. But I see, the, 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 the thing about it is, I truly desired to quit. Many people, they say, oh, I want to quit. But they don't have that desire. They really don't want to. They enjoy it too much. Oh, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But I knew it wasn't good for me. I knew the damages it could cause. Linda used to always sit there. We'd be driving down the road. She'd say, quit smoking. And I'd just blow smoke in her face. You know. And, uh, but I never realized how bad a cigarette smelled until I quit smoking. I can walk up to a person and I can tell you if they smoke. I can walk by an ashtray outside a restaurant or something. It, whoa, you know, it just, it hits me. 
I guess I'm, I don't know, I pray for everybody I can that smokes that God will deliver them. Because I know what it does to your body. Especially in these times that we're going through right now with all this COVID and this other stuff that we're going to have to be healthy. We've got to stay healthy. And cigarettes, I knew that they was not good for me. And I, like I said, I felt like, you know, I have a Holy Spirit living on the inside of me and I just didn't feel like he enjoyed that smoke coming in there where he was at. That's why I told the Lord. I, and, you know, I didn't hear it, but I thought it. And I think the Lord said, well, you're waking up, huh? So, but anyway, He delivered me. God answers prayer. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, my prayer is not all that big and not all that important. If it's important to you, it's important to God. You're His child. If you're going through something, God wants you delivered from it. God wants it taken away from you. Because that's God's love for you. But yeah, I don't even know where I was going because I'm nowhere near where I was at. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was talking about living in fear. You know, God says that we're to walk by faith in Him and not by what we see and hear going on in this world. Matter of fact, Isaiah Chapter 26, verse 3 says, listen, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon God because you trust in God. God wants to give you that peace. He don't want you living in fear and turmoil and everything else. He wants that mind to be in a perfect peace. And the only way you can do that is get your mind stayed on God and stayed on God's Word. And God will do signs, miracles, and wonders in your life. And uh, I know during these difficult times we're faced with the temptation to be afraid. That's all we hear is how bad things are, how bad they're going to be. Well, we know from the Bible, God says they will get bad. He's talking about the tribulation. He said, boy, that tribulation, it is going to be bad. People, I'm still looking for the rapture of the church. I'm still looking for it. But it's going to be in God's timing. God's told us in His Word, He said, if you belong to me, I am going to keep you from the hour or from the time of wrath that is to come up on the whole world. This has got to be the tribulation. Us being faithful to God, God wants to take us out of here, take us to heaven. All the ungodly people that do not believe in Jesus Christ, that live ungodly lives, that have ungodly thoughts, ungodly ways, that is who the tribulation is for. That's God pouring out His wrath upon the ungodly people of the world. He don't want to pour out His wrath upon those that serve Him, that love Him, that have accepted His Son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. No. His wrath is going to be poured out upon all the ungodly, those that did not believe upon His Son, those that did not believe upon the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
those that are living very ungodly lives is where God's wrath is going to be focused. Not on His church. Not on the church that loves Him. Not on the church that serves Him. You know, and then we're in a period of time right now where the enemy can use everything, all this uncertainty, all the adversity, and try to make us fearful and to doubt God's Word. That's how Satan works. He wants you to doubt God. He wants you to doubt God's love. He wants you to doubt God's promises. He wants you to doubt God altogether. You know, Satan will come against our faith at every opportunity that he can find. So when you give Satan opportunity to come into your life because of fear and doubt, he's going to show up. And believe me, he's not even going to knock. He's just going to barge right on in. It says here that he wants to separate us from God. And I think all of you probably know this scripture, but it's 1 Peter 5.8. Peter is warning us. He's telling us in advance how Satan works. Listen. 1 Peter 5 says, Be sober or be alert. Sober means to be alert. You know, if you're not sober, you're drunk and you're not alert and you don't know what's going on. So, be sober or be alert. Be vigilant. Be on guard. Watch things around you. Because your enemy, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Now, did y'all catch one word in there that can change everything? Whom he may. In other words, the Scripture says you have to let him do it. You reject him, you refuse him, he can't do it. He's seeking to devour whom he may. Whom will let him. Always look at that word. God's word is very precise. It says, He is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom He may devour. He is seeking those that will let Him devour them without resisting Him, without coming back to Him with the Word of God. Do you know that you can put Satan down by the Word of God? Tell Satan what God said. Satan knows the power of God. He's dealt with God too many times and he's never won a battle yet. And he'll never will win a battle. You know who lets, who lets Satan win the battles? We do. We let him win because we don't fight him. We don't refuse him. We don't rebuke him. The enemy is always trying to destroy our faith and our relationship with God. And he will often use fear and doubt to do it. If he can get you in doubt, he will do everything in his power to draw you away from God. Whether you know it or not, fear is an evil spirit that is used by the enemy. Fear does not come from God. 
Mobile. Where do you see that? Let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us what? The spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. If God didn't give it to you, who did? Your enemy. Listen to what God did give us though. Now, I added a couple words in here, not to change it up, but just to make it a little more powerful. Did not give us a spirit of fear, but I put down the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. That's what God gave us. Not Satan, that's for sure. Satan will take all that stuff away if he has a chance. But God says, No! You stand on my word. You stand on my word. You know, if you are a believer, you're not meant to live in fear. God didn't mean for us to live in fear or in doubt. God called you to be strong and courageous. You know, He called somebody else to do that same thing. If you will read in the first chapter of Joshua, He told Joshua this three or four different times. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. And God is with you and you and you. He's with all of us. He walks with us. If you've invited God into your heart, believe me, He's here today. He's in your heart. He's walking with you. God called you, like I said, to be strong and courageous. Now, I have never counted it, but I've read it. Of, of uh, some people that have. They said that do not fear, fear not, have no fear like that is in the Bible 365 times. That's one for every day of the year, isn't it? God every day of the year is saying, do not fear. For I am your God and I am with you. Be strong and be courageous. Be who I meant you to be. Be strong and be courageous. When we give in to fear, what happens? It invites the enemy into your life. You're inviting the enemy in when you come into fear. Look at what it says in Job uh, chapter 3, verse 25. And we probably, a lot of us, never even think about this. Job said, for, I, for the thing I greatly feared has come up on me. And what I dreaded has happened. The door was opened by Job to the enemy to enter in. What happened? The thing that Job feared came upon him. Because, do y'all realize that fear is faith in reverse. Fear is faith in reverse. When you start fearing, you're not having faith. Fear has turned... That's just like doubt. Fear and doubt are a whole lot the same thing. Doubt, if you've got doubt in your heart, will take away faith. You have a lot of faith in your heart, doubt can't enter. So it's up to us 
what we have in us. God's given us the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to guide us, to live in us, to direct us in our, in our walk. Are you listening to what the Spirit says? Faith, like faith, excuse me, just like faith brings God into our lives and our situation, fear, like I said, it opens the door to the devil to come in. And just like Job, invite fear in. When you lose your faith and you don't have your faith, fear will enter in. The fact Jesus told us in uh, John 14.1, He says, Do not let your heart be troubled, or do not let your heart be fearful. If you believe in God, believe or trust also in Me. Do you believe in God? Do you trust God? Jesus Christ came and gave His life for you. Are you trusting Him to fulfill what God sent Him to do? It says that He come to destroy the works of the enemy. That was His main job. To destroy Jesus when He came and died on that cross. He destroyed the works of the enemy by having faith and believing upon Him, inviting Him into your life as your guardian and as your protector. He wants to protect you. He wants to be in your life. You know, there is fear in a lot of people's hearts today. There's a lot of fear in different people's hearts. But Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Instead, trust in Me. Are we trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in God? Are you believing what God says over what Satan says? <clears throat> Do not let the fear and lies of Satan take control of your life. I'm going to tell you right now, when you let fear and Satan enter into your life and you let him kind of dominate certain things, he will bring on such a depression in a person. Depression does not come from God. Depression comes from the enemy. The enemy wants to destroy you. So many people today are being destroyed by depression. Even the medicine and stuff. I'll tell you what. God is the best medicine that you can take. God is the best medicine there is. Get God and His Word into your life. He will take away depression. He'll get rid of fear. He'll make your life worth living. Do not let the fear and lies of Satan take control. Because if you will put God's Word in your heart, what did we say a while ago in Isaiah uh, chapter 23? It says, oh, excuse me, 26 verse 3. It said, He will keep you in perfect peace for those who trust in Him. Perfect peace. There are so many people today that does not have peace in their life. No peace. 
no peace because they don't have God in their life. God brings peace. Satan brings turmoil, hate, fear. Let's get God into our life. Just like Jesus, you know, did y'all ever think about that? And it just, I, I saw a word here that just kind of reminded me. Remember when Jesus was tempted and taken into the desert and Satan, to, to, to let Satan tempt him? Satan, I mean, excuse me, Jesus was prepared for what was going to come. He was prepared. Are you prepared for what is going to come against you? Are you prepared? How was Jesus prepared? Jesus was so full of the Word of God every time Satan tried to tempt him and, 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 or put fear in him to make him do something, I think Jesus just looked at Satan smiled and said, It is written in God's Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are we living by the word that comes out of the mouth of God? We should be. We should be combating, coming against Satan, just like Jesus did, with the word of God. And it said that whenever uh, Jesus quoted the word of God to Satan, it said that Satan departed from him for a time, or for just a period. Now, he's going to come back, but each time you use the word of God, he has to leave again. Have that word, have, 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 be so full of the word of God that when he comes against you, you your mouth opens and what comes out? The word for it is written, Satan. This is what God says. Satan has to kind of walk off. He cannot come against the word of God. Just like Jesus did in that wilderness. Be full of the Word of God when Satan comes against you. In order to resist the temptation to be, to be fearful, you need the Word of God in your life and you need it in your hearts. You need to have that Word ready to flow out of your mouth. You need to be ready. And how do you get ready? By studying and reading the Word of God. Pray to the Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are living on the inside of me. You, and Jesus said that you would bring all remembrance to me of what Jesus said. But you can't remember nothing if you never got it in there. If you'll get that Word of God in you, and when Satan comes, that Holy Spirit will rise up in you. For it is written. should be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. It is written. You know, when Jesus faced the devil in the wilderness, like I said a while ago, he was prepared. Are you prepared? Just Jesus had God's word so deep in his heart that he would not fall or believe the lies of Satan. Whenever, the, whenever somebody comes against you and they try to quote spirit, spirit they cannot quote you the actual Word of God. Satan never could quote the actual way and change it up. He changed it up. He couldn't quote the Word of God. He come close, but it wasn't what God said. <coughs> you know, how we react to temptation and fear, it shows 
what's in your heart. How you react to fear and temptation shows what you have in your heart. Is your heart full of the Word of God? Or is your heart full of fear? I know now in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it tells us that Jesus, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just made me a little note here. It said, Jesus gave His disciples power over all unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. He, you know, He's talking about you. You're the church. You're His disciples now. You have the same power that He gave to the disciples because now you should be a disciple. What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner. A disciple sits at the feet of Jesus and learns what Jesus' Word says. The authority that Jesus gave us, now think about this, the authority that He gave covers all the works of the enemy. You have power over all the works of the enemy because of what Jesus did on the cross. And you're receiving Jesus into your life as your Lord and as your Savior. So if you're tempted to fall into fear or temptation, turn to God in faith. Say, Lord, let your Spirit come upon me. Let your Spirit guide me. Let your Spirit be with me as I go through these temptations. Give me the Word of God to speak. I'm, best, I'm finishing up right here. I've got three scriptures that I want you to, if you're taking notes, write these three scriptures down because I'm going to guarantee you one day you'll wish you had. Because when Satan comes against you, you're going to wish you had something to say to him. Proverbs 10.29 The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, to the, to the believer, to the godly. But destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. God's destruction will come upon the enemy. Isaiah 41.10 Now every one of you probably heard this. I love it. And the next one's my favorite. But 41.10 says, first word, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, or don't be afraid, for I am your God. Right off, he's telling you who he is to you. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. The right hand of God represents power. Isaiah 43.2 I like the whole Isaiah 1 through 4. But I just put down this in here because it, it covers it. Now I want you to notice something. What it says. It says when you go through. It doesn't say you're staying there. 
It's just when you go through. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither will the flame kindle upon you. It says when you walk through that fire, you're going to come out and you're not even going to have the smell of smoke on you. Because God is with you. God is walking with you. <clears throat> so just remember, God is with you and there is nothing more powerful than God. I'll ask the band to come up. If you're here today, if you've been going through some things, I hope some of the things I said you've heard. This is a word from God how to defeat the enemy in your life that is coming against you. If you don't use the word of God to defeat the enemy, the enemy will defeat you. It's that simple. You are not stronger. You are not more powerful than the devil. But God is. Is God living on the inside of you? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Is God living on the inside of me? Because if He is, God is fighting my battles because of my faith in Him and who He is and I know He loves me and I know what He'll do. If you're here today and you're, you're struggling, you're fighting against something, you need God to intervene in your life. You need Him to do some things. You know, God wants to do it. God wants to show you, I am. And that's what God said. That was God's name, wasn't it? I am. I am. I'm not... I was, I'm not, I will be, but I am. Right now, in the present, I am what you need when you need it. Did you know that God would never, when, when, when <coughs> excuse me, when he was asked, he said, whom shall I say that sent me? Moses, talking to God, said, whom shall I say sent me? That's what God said. Tell them, I am sent you. I am. In other words, God said, you tell them whatever you need in, right now. That's me. What you need right now. I am. I am it. I am what you need. I am your healer. I am your rescuer. I am your fort. I am your wall. I am whatever you need. Call upon me. Good scripture. Call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that you did not know. Jeremiah chapter 3. I'll show you great and mighty things that you did not know. How many of us think we know everything? You know, I did one time. I thought I knew everything. Matter of fact, I did away with Google. I don't even have Google anymore. I just asked my wife. <laughs> no, God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing. 
He is. I am. So if you need something, come to the great I am and let Him take care of your needs.